So I, I titled this Care and Maintenance of a Paper Heart, and it's because paper is pretty delicate. You can do amazing things with it and all that, but it's, it's pretty delicate. And uh, let me just start with this pop quiz. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, what was his answer? Love one another. Love God, that's right. In fact, from Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus replied to this question. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And then he said, and the second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love God and love others. That's number one and two, and they're both right up there. And if we follow this commandment, or actually these commandments, we, we put our hearts out there a little bit. Don't we? we? We put our house out there. We, when we trust wholeheartedly in God, we run the risk of being disappointed. Not because God lets us down. Not because he does us wrong and he doesn't want to hurt us or disappoint us. But because things may not go the way that we wanted. And we say, God, please. You know, even in these prayers, we say, God, please. And we put ourselves out there and say, I trust you. I love you. Please. And, and they get stinged a little bit because... It may not be exactly what we asked, or more often it isn't the timing we wanted. Please, right now. Right? But that's, that's the way life goes sometimes. And, and two weeks ago we talked about this when we sought an answer to the question, where is God during this? Now, the message was timely in light of the current global pandemic. It applies to, an, to all seasons of our life. Where is God during this health concern? You know, this diagnosis or this test that's coming up. Where is God during this bad news that I got? Where is God during this financial struggle that I'm experiencing? Where is God during this problem in my relationship, my friendship, or my marriage? And perhaps we allow our heart to be just dinged a little bit by our doubts and our fears. You know, I, I, I trusted you, God, and, and I didn't get what I, what I wanted, right? And we let it kind of bother us a little bit. And last week we talked about our response in these tough times. If we lead with our heart, we may find that it gets a little battle-worn, right? I will respond in this time of crisis by loving everyone. Ooh, they're hard to love. Or they didn't appreciate it, you know? And, and, and that's just in, in regards to loving God. But when we love people, we're even more, more subject to hurt and disappointment. We know that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us deeply and unconditionally. And we know and take courage from the new covenant of our salvation and also that God is present and will work every situation into something good. But this second part, the greatest commandment to love people, it's tough. It's tough to love all people. It's tough to love all people all the time. It's tough to love ourselves sometimes. And when we decide to expose our heart by caring for someone, by trusting in someone, by, by helping someone, maybe even just by being their friend, we put our heart back out there, right? And when we do this, which we're all doing directly in accordance with God's will, what he told us to do, our human heart can be hurt, even broken, right? I heard a few analogies many years ago, and some of these came to mind as I was preparing this message. And, and when we care about someone, and certainly when we love them, we attach our heart to them. So I actually cut the heart, and I did actually thought I did pretty good. Becky and, and Heather were here when I did it. They usually look a little more kidney-like, but this is, I don't know, it's pretty whatever. But um, when we care for someone, when we love them, we kind of attach our heart to them. You know, we like, this is yours. It's yours. Um, imagine putting a loop of masking tape on it. This is how it was described to me. And, and you know, and you, you love someone, but then eh, it doesn't work out, you know. 
or, or you love something, rip it off, and after a while, the kind of loses its sticky a little bit. And each time, it doesn't quite have the holding power. And, and this gentleman was talking in regards to relationship. He's like, you know, you, you go all in on your relationship, but if you do it just a few times, it really sticks. But if you, if you aren't really committed to the things that are important to you, it, after a while, it, it doesn't quite stick as well. It becomes harder and harder to stick. And this message being conveyed was, was that our whole heart was intended to be placed one time only, and that's on God. And in the case of relationships, one time only in, in, in marriage, right? Another analogy uh, involved a simple block of wood. And this was uh, the pastor in the church I grew up in. He took a, a wood, and I, it might have even been a Sunday, uh, a Sunday school or a children's church that they called it. He would, the kids would come forward, and he'd usually have something relatively random and shared. I remember he had a block of wood, and he was saying, this is your heart. And... Um, you know, you take care of it, and it's beautiful, and all this. And then he says, but sometimes someone says something, and you put a nail in it. And he goes, and, and after a while, you can get a lot of nails, and it, it hurts, and it's uncomfortable. And you start thinking it's not a nice piece of wood. And he goes, but every now and then, someone apologizes. And he started pulling the nails out, and, he, and what was left were all these holes. You know, when we put ourselves out there, when we put our hearts out there, it's subject to damage. You know, even this hard up on the... On the screen, there's a little, a little worn, a little, little wrinkled up. The last, last analogy came to mind, and, and this is a Sequoia story. Um, this was way back when we, I was talking about taking value. And I don't know if you remember this, I had a very crisp $20 bill. And I said, what is this worth? And everybody agreed it was worth $20. And I took it and I wadded it up and I pulled it apart and I said, what's it worth? And everybody said, $20. And I put it up here and I stomped on it and danced around on it. And we all agreed it's $20. And Sequoia spoke up and said, I'll take that if you're just going to treat it that way. <laughs> that wasn't exactly her words, but it was something like that. Um, I think she did take it. I think she put it in the offering plate, if I remember right. Um, but the message was that the value was not diminished by use and wear and tear. And it's the same thing with our heart. You know, If we take our heart and we wad it up, it's, it's still a heart, right? If, if, we, if we break it, if we put holes in it, it is still a heart or a kidney or whatever shape that is. Um, our hearts don't lose their value. Their value and more importantly, the capacity to love remains the same. But God's word, the Bible, has a lot to say about our hearts. And the one that comes to mind is, is protect it, defend it. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, what? Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard my heart, okay. Um, and, and, and from Philippians, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts. Well, that seems odd. How am I supposed to guard this thing if you're telling me to give it to you and give it to other people? How am I supposed to guard it when it's over there? And as I was studying a little deeper into this, I asked that question, and well, here's what was revealed. Guard doesn't mean to seal your heart or to protect it or to hide it or put it away. In Hebrew, the word is often used synonymously with, with the word keep. So, you know, keep your heart, guard your heart. And, and what that means, if you directly translate it into English, is to set a watchman over it, you know, to, to oversee it. And if you think about that, now you're putting it in the context as first. It says your, your heart will be guarded in Jesus Christ. He's the watchman over your heart. You know, it says put, set a watchman over it, and not just any watchman. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more in a minute. 
So if we go with that, keep watch over your heart is the what we're called to do. From Proverbs, it has different meaning. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance. Not keep it to yourself, but honor it. Keep it with all vigilance. Watch over with all vigilance. For, for from it flows the spring of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. So what does it mean to guard your heart, to keep your heart? In the Old Testament, the word heart is used more than 800 times, but more than 200 times it deals with one's thought life. Okay, not just your, your literal heart, but your, 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 what you think about, what your emotions are, and, and it recalls, talks about the wellspring of life. And, and these, those are the things that motivate us and, and mold us into, into you know, who we are and how we view life. Because your thought life controls the rest of your life, right? What it says, whatever you think about, that is, or as, as a man thinketh, there so is his heart. There's the King James Version, right? And, and we've even talked about this. We've tried to control our thoughts, to control our sin life, to keep it focused on God, and we can't always control our first thought. Hey, that's a really nice car, or hey, that's a, you know, something. You know, I don't want to give an example and let your mind go there, but... But we can control our second thought, capture that second thought, because from that, it sets the, the tone of your life and what's important to you. So if you tell me what to think, I'll tell you who you are and how you live your life. If you tell me what you're thinking about, and, and that's open for simplifying it. But the thought life controls you, and this isn't just my opinion. As I said, the Bible itself says, as a man thinks, or, or so as a man thinks in his heart, you know, that's, that's how it is from Proverbs. Your thoughts, positive, negative, good or bad, they control your attitudes. Your attitudes are, are the total of your thoughts put together. Your, your attitudes lead to your actions. So what does it really mean to guard your heart? Does it mean to protect your emotions and affections and soul? I don't know exactly, but I'll tell you what's not. It, it's not ending all personal relationships. You don't guard your heart by not loving other people. That's contrary to the way God wants you to live. It's not self-protecting the point you withdraw socially or shut down emotionally. And it's not hardening your heart so that no one can get into it. That is not what guarding your heart is. It's being intimately aware of your heart and its condition, both the heart that loves and the heart that, that it thinks. And the simple, delicate thing we call our heart guides our lives Luke 6.46 or 6.45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored upon his heart, right? If you have a good heart, it just comes out. And an evil man brings evil things out of evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks where the heart is full of. So what do you say or think when no one's looking? Don't answer that. I'm not even going to answer that. I see faces. We're biting lips. We're elbowing spouses. Um, what comes out when you're under stress or hurt, right, or angry? Guys are, I don't know why, but guys are really good or bad, however you look at it, getting mad at inanimate objects. You know, it's the stupid ladder, right, that moved because I didn't anchor it right. That's, that's the way we are. But, but, but Jesus knows that that's how we respond. And he offered these words of wisdom and comfort from John 14, 27. He says, peace I live with you, leave with you. You heard this. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus doesn't want 
disruption in your heart. He wants it pure and, and, and smooth and, and ready to give out and love other people with. Jesus know your, knows your heart, but he, so does the one who created it. God knows it, and perhaps he knows your heart better than you do. The Lord was talking to Samuel, says, he was trying to, to Samuel was, was comparing to someone else, and he says, God says, don't consider his appearance, don't consider his height. I just talked about this before. For I've rejected him. Why would God reject him? God wasn't looking at his nice hair and his perfect teeth and his clean, well-pressed clothes. He says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, right? But the Lord looks at the heart. Hebrews 6.10 says this again. It says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. God knows your heart. He knows your intent. We've talked about this before. Someone wants some money on the, in the corner of the street, and you give them money, and you see them turn and immediately go buy something with it that you wish they hadn't bought. Drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is. I didn't give them that. You didn't give it with that intent. Your heart said, I want to help someone out. That is where your responsibility is. That's where your responsibility ends. Right? You put it out there, and maybe, maybe you gave this person a little bit of your heart and five bucks, and you saw them... You know, I wish you hadn't done that. Doesn't devalue your heart. In fact, your heart was created to be used. Your heart was made for wear and tear. Proverbs says a couple things. It says, don't withhold good from those to whom it's due when it is your power to act. If you have the ability to do it, do it. Put it out there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. All right. And God has his own use for it. From 2 Corinthians, our, our buddy Paul, who wrote uh, Corinthians and Romans. I'll share a couple of verses. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us. Right? Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And Jeremiah makes his promise. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel for those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Talk about an intimate commitment, that innermost part of you, your heart. God writes his love, his promise on that. And I told you that God created your heart to be used, and it'll get abused and worn, and he knows this. And, it's, and he knows its delicate nature. But God will restore it. God offers guaranteed protection. You want to talk about a warranty, God offers this. We have to remember that God's way of guarding our hearts differs from our idea of how we do it. For the past few Sundays, we've talked about how God will not protect us from pain, hurt, or anything that will make us, um, hurt pain or, or anything that will make us look more like Jesus. That's why sometimes God allows these things to happen, to refine us, right? To build our faith. So we learn to trust in him a little more because he got us through this and now we're there. And he will not keep us from any circumstance or situation, no matter how brutal, that will lead us into a deeper knowledge of his heart. That doesn't sound like a very encouraging promise, but it is, if you think about it. The other side of this thing I'm going through is temporary and I'll be closer to God, okay? With a kingdom focus, that's a big deal. Right? What did Paul say? I, will, I consider all this, it, it doesn't matter because the other side of all the suffering, this temporary suffering, I know what, what waits for me. I mean, God didn't even spare his own son from this. 
The Lord, through his word, is the guard, the shield, and protector of our hearts. This doesn't mean pain doesn't come, but when it does, we can rest, and we can also take comfort, and we can take joy. Again, joy, not happiness, but we can take joy, because we know who has allowed it and who is really in control. This process, like everything else, goes back to either believing or disbelieving God's character. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. I will build that heart back up. I'll restore it. Paul's words in Philippians, don't be anxious about anything. We read this one often. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's God's definition of guarding your heart. The psalmist writes, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Wow, you, you're getting comfort from your father. If you're aware that's, that's what's going on, when your heart is broken, God is so close to you right then, comforting you, if you recognize it. And Ezekiel promises, I will give you a new heart. So this one gets beat up. I'm going to give you a new one, a better one. It's actually the same shape, but it's a better one. He says, I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you or from from I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God will soften hearts. We say that people can't change. Maybe people can't, but God can change people. He's worked miraculous things in people's lives and softened hearts, not only towards him, but towards other people. God can make real change happen. In fact, God's the only one that can make really change happen, right? Psalmist writes this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's okay to ask for this. That mind's beat up, I need a new one. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know it, you wrote it on here. I know right here what I should be doing. Let me wrap it up with, with just another thought. Matthew five sixteen. He says, in the same way, let your shine, light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, God calls us to love others. And by doing so, that's a bold and maybe even a little risky to do that, to put ourselves out there, to put our heart out there, to love others, to trust others, to trust him. We're to put others ahead of ourselves, love people that we don't like, maybe even people we don't know, and to share our resources generously. That's not just our tithes and offerings. It's everything. It's a love that forces us to grow because we can't love like Jesus did without our hearts changing, right? So this week I want to challenge you to consider some things as you go about your days and ask a couple questions. And keep these in your mind this week. Are you actively setting the word of God as the watchman over your heart, right? Are you, are you familiar with enough the word or can you dive in the word a little bit this week and ask God to give you some ammunition to guard your heart in the way that he asks you to guard it. And that just means encouragement sometimes. Are you filtering your circumstances? Are you looking through it and your decisions and your thoughts by what God says? Are you taking a kingdom focus on the things that are going on in your life? Well, this is horrible. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in kingdom perspective, it's temporary. And the other side of this is something wonderful. Do you prayerfully seek the Lord, trusting the one who gave you a new heart to protect it? Are you asking God? Are you talking to him? And are you trying to guard your heart with your own strength or acknowledging or acknowledge your weakness and trusting the all-sufficient one to be your defender? It's okay to say, God, this, is, this one's beat up. I need a new one. I need you to work on it. 
or God, I need you to step in and protect this one because I'm really trying to do what you ask, but I'm getting hurt and hurt and hurt, right? As always, I want you to know it is the mission of the church, not only the global church, but this church right here to support you in this. These are personal, intimate questions for you to consider for yourself, to ask God and really work on. But this church wants to. This church needs to come alongside you during this process. And if you're struggling with one of these, let's talk about it. Talk to someone around you. Everybody here has a vested interest in your salvation because we love you. Right? Everybody's, I probably should have made a whole bunch of these. Right? For you guys to give away or to write on. Because that's how important this is. That's what we're called to do. And we do a pretty good job of it, but we can't let up. So reach out to someone. Reach out to me if you're, if you're struggling with one of these areas. And let's really make a focus this week to put our hearts out there and ask God to be the one that guards it. Let's say a prayer. Father God, you gave us this wonderful thing, this heart. Not just the thing that beats in our chest that keeps us alive, but our, the, the, uh, the soul is within our heart this this thing that we that we talk about that is the source and the storage place of our love and our peace and our confidence a place where you say the holy spirit lives within us god as we follow your calling your instructions to put our heart out there to love and trust in you to love and and trust and 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 share and care about others lord we know that it gets stretched a little battle-worn, a little bit crumpled, and maybe even stepped on. Lord, as we learn to guard our hearts, not in a way that means to seal it off or withdraw, but just to, to strengthen it, fortify it with your word and your promises. God, I ask that this is a successful week that breeds next week's success and the week after that, where we learn more and more what it means to love like Jesus did, to keep putting it out there, no matter how people respond, we are going to do our part and to love and care about and respect everyone. And God, if everybody was able to do this, even a part of the time, what a wonderful world this would be. So this week in particular, as we've got um, just riots and all kinds of protests going on around this nation, I just ask that, that you put this message in their hearts, even if they never hear these exact words, Lord, that that you put some, a pause in people's lives and let them again get a grip on what it means to love and respect and trust others. God, as always, I just want to close by thanking you for this wonderful building. All in the 40 years this month that have come before and put money and committed time and effort and labor and skills into its construction. Lord, that we have this place, this place we call home base, where we come and gather each Sunday morning and just get ourselves kind of suited up for the week. God, we ask to continue to guide people into relationship with you. We ask that you, you give us opportunities to tell people about you and when possible to invite them here. Lord, let this church be as inviting as it is welcoming and let's make a difference in the world for your name. Amen.